Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Grayscale Gorilla podcast. I think this is episode seven. And uh, today's going to be, we already have a title for the show today. It's going to be called Winging It. And that's because uh, I was supposed to have James White from SignalNoise.com on the podcast today. And I had some serious technical issues I didn't even think about uh, solving until uh, it was time to record. So uh, my my bad, as they say on that one. Uh, We're going to get James on in another episode really soon. Until then, I figured I'll hit record, and we have the uh, chat, room o- chat room open, just as always, on uh, grayscalegorilla.com slash live on uh, Wednesdays here uh, at about 2 o'clock central, and uh, a bunch of nerds come in in the chat room and ask some awesome questions about this stuff, so I figure we'll just look in the chat room and talk about whatever everyone wants to talk about for uh, you know about 45, 55 minutes and call it a podcast, so I uh, hope you guys like it. Here, uh, let's go to it. The uh, uh, one of the first questions we got here was from Del Razor in the podcast, and uh, this one's um, says uh, asking about business stuff. Uh, for, you know, all the stuff you need to be a freelancer: bookkeeping, project management, uh, and and really asking about the business side of of doing uh, freelance. And um, I figure we'll kind of start with that topic. I uh, uh, f- from. From what I know, the, the things that you really need is, is a really strict policy of holding uh, as far as uh, when people call and try to book your time, you need uh, kind of to manage your uh, manage your day to day and say, uh, are, am I booked or not? And there's a whole different system. Uh, there are different systems you could use to do this. Uh, most of them are based on holds. So a lot of times uh, studios are looking at how um, at, at, a lot of times studios are looking at if you are available for work or not, and they will call you and say, "Are you available for this day?" And you say yes, and they say, "Well, we're going to put you on a hold." And what that means is they're not necessarily hiring you at this moment, but uh, if the job goes through, you're on the list. So dependent on dependent on dependent on all these things, if it works and everything works out right, then all of a sudden you have a job. Uh, and these things get tricky because what happens is you could be on hold and then somebody else calls with a real job that says, can you start tomorrow? And then now you have to either call the hold and say, I'm not on hold anymore or negotiate or you know figure this whole thing out. Uh, so I would say that's one of the most important things you need to uh, realize if you move freelance that there's this whole system of time management that you need to deal with um, before uh, before you can uh, you know answer the call and, and make money doing this stuff. As far as more business stuff, um, some of the questions involved uh, getting incorporated and making yourself an official business, uh, and this is mainly for. Uh, legal reasons more than tax reasons from what I know. Um, most of the tax benefits you would still get if you were uh, a sole proprietor or just uh, you know making sending in your taxes just as a normal uh, you know just a, without having a corporation around it where what the corporation really does uh, is uh, shield you from legal problems. So uh, and this is one of the reasons I incorporated um, uh, Banana Camera Company, uh, which is my iPhone app company, and, and also Grayscale Gorilla, which is uh, it, sh- it shields and separates the business from you personally, legally, which means if, if you um, 
uh, did your job or you did some work for somebody and that commercial or that animation or that whatever got involved with uh, some lawsuit that you would be on the hook personally in uh, if you did not have that um, uh, business to shield you. So with the business there, they could still sue, of course, if something happened. You know, maybe you didn't do your work on time or uh, you did it, but you didn't uh, – you snuck a, a reflection of, uh, of uh, your, your buttocks or something in the window of the car. Uh, and all of a sudden you're sued and um, – basically it separates that they could only go after your business at that point and not necessarily your personal um, money as just uh, as, a, as a dude. Uh, as you could tell, I am no lawyer and I'm no um, financial expert, but these are what all my smart uh, friends tell me in much smarter ways, of course, than what I'm saying them in. Uh, so that's something you need to look into if you're going freelance is if you want to incorporate or not and uh, how that goes. Now, it's not too expensive to do. I think it, uh, the, you know, the lawyers and, and all, the paperwork costs more than it does to actually file. The filing of it only costs uh, maybe 100 or 200 bucks. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And then... Uh, most of it is getting involved with uh, the lawyer that's going to write all this up and get it all set up. Um, hopefully there's uh, something there. There was one other part of his question. I just wanted to double double check, which was, um, yeah, something else about business. Uh, I think it, it all leads to the, to the idea that I think that freelancing seems a lot easier to people than it really is. It seems like freelancing is such a cool thing. You get paid more. Uh, you, d- you can say no and yes to different clients. Um, you don't always have to do things you don't want to do. You could, you know, like, I, like I just said, you, know, you, could, you could turn down jobs. Uh, you could work at home. You could work on your own hours, all these things. And I feel like um, there's a lot of education that has to go on if you do become a freelancer that is about all this business stuff. Uh, I think one of the other questions was about billing. Uh, and personally, I'm not, uh, I, I didn't do freelance for long enough to really get a, a good feeling on 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 how to bill people. Uh, but I know now there's software that makes it easier. There's um, fresh books and stuff like that that allow you to bill your clients. And this is a big deal. Some clients don't end up paying. Some of them pay late. Uh, some of them have to wait. You know, Some of them give you excuses and say, well, they, they're not paid yet, so you're, you don't get paid yet and all this stuff. Um, then there's the whole idea of like how much to, how much to charge. Uh, I guess any of these I could actually answer instead of just saying them as questions. Um, but more importantly, these are all things you need to learn for yourself. What is your day rate? Uh, how much is your time worth? Uh, how much do you charge? When? What are your terms? Do you get paid within 30 days? Do you get paid half when you start and then half when you finish your job? All of these things, there is no standard. Uh, there's only what you decide is, is the way that you do it. Uh, and what I would say is that one of the best things you could do is go uh, – buy a very, very nice lunch or beer for a freelancer that is willing to sit down with you and talk to you about some real, real stuff. What do they do? What do they use? How much is their day rate? Compare your work to them and and, and the day rate and all the clients that they have. How do they get their clients? Um, And really, those are some of the best ways to... um, uh, Those are some of the best ways to learn this stuff Um, and not uh, not from me. Because uh, I haven't been a freelancer in a long time. Um, and uh, there may be more in there. So if you guys have more questions, uh, 
please ask them in the chat room. I appreciate that. Uh, all right, let's um, head back into the chat room here and see if we can grab another one. Um, all right, the question is, uh, let's go with uh, Boot Shock. Boost Shock says, Nick, how did you get inspired for your projects? Um, wow, that is a that is an interesting question. Mainly because there's there's a there's kind of not a really good answer to how do you how do you get inspired? Um, you know, it, I I don't. I guess I just get excited about stuff. Like I I I wake up. I have I have the mind where I wake up and I want to do stuff that I like. You know, last night came and I had to go to bed and I was a little pissed, right? Because I have all these fun projects I'm working on and I just want to continue to work on them. And uh, I don't know how those projects got started necessarily, but they started as an idea. And uh, they started as an idea and, and the I- the idea in my brain doesn't really get out until it's finished, so I think that a lot of people stop at the idea stage and, and have and think and good ideas. But when it comes to actually making stuff, uh, it gets difficult sometimes. And, and it gets difficult for me. I'm actually in a place right now where I have way too many projects going on. And I'm trying to finish just one so I can mark it off my list. And, um, you know, how you get the inspiration to do that, I guess, is, is, is there is no, there's no way to do that. Um, you know, uh, uh, Merlin Mann talks a lot about this on that five by five. Uh, what do they call that? Back to work show that I always recommend. Um, you know, and he says, you know, inspiration is kind of BS. And I, I don't, you know, as a word, I'm, I'm understanding how that could be. Um, but he basically goes on to say with things like, um, you don't need to be inspired to like play that video game you're really good at. You know what I mean? Or you, you, you don't have to. Um, uh, convince yourself to go, uh, you know, play softball with your friends or whatever that other thing is that you're into. Um, you, if, if you really need to feel that you, if you really feel the need to be inspired all the time, I would really step back and think about what you're trying to do and is and and, and if that is the real thing that you really need to do. Um, because if you're sitting there waiting for inspiration and it doesn't come, this you know it might not be the right thing for you. You know what I you know what I mean? And maybe insp- inspiration is the wrong word um, to think about this about. Think about this about. Wow. Uh, but you know sometimes inspiration in 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 like the generic way to think about it. You know go on go on an art uh, blog and go search for cool stuff that you like or go to found and go just scroll through and see what all these other smart people are doing or go to uh, cargo collective and 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 go look you know nothing inspires me more quote you know quoting here big quotes nothing inspires me more than seeing other t- really really talented people making awesome stuff um and it just makes me usually kind of angry that I'm not making more awesome stuff. And then I think about it and I go, okay, I need to make more awesome stuff. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a competitive thing. Maybe it's a, I could do that attitude. Uh, you know, I, I could do that. I could throw some, uh, some orange and, and blue uh, triangles next to each other, drop a typeface on it. I could do that. Um, but uh, really find out what quote un- inspires you and then do more of that. Um, man, what a weird all the way around answer. 
but hopefully there's something there. Let's hang out in the chat room and see what the heck's going on here. Um, all right. Uh, wow, self-esteem. How to get better self-esteem when you're down. Um, man, I'm going to talk way off of things I know anything about other than personal experience, which... Uh, which you know, I, I get down. I know I wave, I wave, wave my arms around and get excited and uh, perpetually uh, excited here on on audio and and video. But uh, sometimes you're like, yeah, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do anything right now, whatever. And I think it it, it the inspiration thing kind of speaks to that too, which is if you're not digging it, I think one of the worst things you could do is sit there in front of a computer and not be digging it. Um, you're not going to get work done. You're not going to push forward on the project. You know, maybe there's something you could be doing right now, uh, that will make you feel better. And, and it doesn't need to be like a walk in the park or, you know, take a nap or anything unproductive. You know, sometimes, uh, when I'm not feeling it the most, it's when my kitchen is the cleanest. Uh, and I get on these things where, where I, where I realize that I can't, I can't do nothing because I'm so stressed out that I that my project isn't done or that I'm not further forward on this to-do list or whatever. I can't do nothing, but what I end up doing is like cleaning the whole house, right? Like I'll maybe I'll put some headphones in, turn my iPod on and or you know, my iPhone on and listen to a podcast and like clean everything. And then, you know, at least when I'm procrastinating, I'm cleaning something and I'm not just uh checking Twitter again and like checking my email again and feeling like crap. You know what I mean? So uh, that's been my kind of weird thing that that I just have to mentally get the heck away from the screen and do something else that is productive at least. You know, at least at the end I, I have a clean house um, and I still have my project to do, but I feel like I did something. Uh, and that gets me out of kind of a crappy mood. Because usually my crappy mood is tied to not uh, being further down this uh, path as far as like a to-do list or things I need to do today or this email I need to write or this blog post or this tutorial or whatever. You know, it's um, not having those nailed down when when I kind of get in crappy moods. And uh, by doing something else on my to-do list, it usually helps. Uh, exercise, A.E. Wood, good to see you in the chat room, is mentioning exercise. Uh, go for a run, get fresh air, always helps out. That's good advice right there, too. Good to see you, Andy. Good, Really good to see you, buddy. Um, all right, let's see. Let's head back into the chat room, and um, let's do it. Uh, S-A-P-B, SAPB, says, as a designer, I'm constantly asked if I can make people's websites. Coding is not one of my strong points, and I find it boring. I like to design interfaces, though. Is it stupid not to learn code? Absolutely not. Um, Some of the, most of the best web designers I know uh, don't code. And uh, some of them even know how to code, and they've realized over the years uh, that they don't like to code or that they're not great at coding. Um, I know me personally. Uh, I would much rather feed and build somebody a, a Photoshop document and give it to a coder than actually code the thing myself. Um, 
you know, I, I have friends that need sites and all this stuff, and I always try to help them on the Photoshop side of things and build them a mock-up and a, and a look. Um, but uh, when it comes to coding, I'm afraid that uh, I have to just tell them I don't do that. Um, and it's it's in everyone's benefit because it's going to turn out better if they could find a coder or maybe you have a buddy that can help or maybe you know a buddy that charges you know a certain amount and you could just say, listen, this usually costs this much, but I'm going to do the design and make it exactly what you want. And when you're done, we're going to hand it off to this guy and for thousand bucks or five hundred bucks, whatever is you know ten thousand bucks, whatever the level of coder you need, you can hand it off to this guy and, and then it's done. And and just be really um, upfront about what you're good at doing and what you're not. I think people assume, especially with computer work, that if you know, if you're a web designer, that you can like, you know, write uh, uh, Python or something, you know what I mean? Or, uh, you, you know, you know how it goes. So you just have to be really clear and just say, I do know this and I can help you with this, but I can't help you with this. I just, I'm not good at it. So uh, just be really honest about what you like to be doing and be really honest about how you can help um, and offer suggestions on maybe how they could find other people and give them a, a hint on how much things cost. You know, this uh, stuff gets hard and, and people don't know how much a good web design and a, and a good coder can, can be. Um, so, yeah, hopefully there's something there. I'll just say that at the end. Instead of actually completing a thought, I'll just say, eh, hopefully there's something there. So, uh, yeah, so PJ says, so do the mock-ups and pass them on to the coder. Yeah, that would, I, that's been my, uh, you know, I got, I got my buddy Josh who saves my life uh, at least once a week by being that guy um, that I can play around with designs and I could, you know, tweak the blog and, and tweak the banana camera company stuff. And, uh, and he makes it, he makes it happen. He makes the code work. Uh, if you look at the new banana camera company, banana camera, um, there is a new design there. And, uh, all I had to do was play in Photoshop and make it look the way I wanted. And he made the rest work. And, uh, it's a really great relationship because, um, I love to, to code and he loves to, or I love to design and he loves to code and it it works really, really well for us. Um, let's, uh, look into the chat room and see what the heck else is going on. Uh, boink, boink, boom, bump, 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 bump. Ah, the chat room's doing the wacky whack. Uh, how do you organize? Let's see here. Nick, how do you organize your timeline with podcasts, products, tutorials, blog posts, and client work? Thanks. Uh, a little personal question. I like that one. Uh, Oreo Studio asked that question. A-O-I-R-O Studio. Thank you so much for the question. Let me think about that. How do I organize my timeline? Um, other than the podcast, which uh, has been pretty consistently on Wednesdays at 2 o'clock, and before the podcast, it was a live show, um, you know, for over a year and a half, I think it was on, uh, that was one of the only things that I definitely had a schedule for, for the blog. Everything else um, was driven toward uh, just whenever it was ready. And uh, I don't tend to usually put really, really hard, hard, hard deadlines on projects. But what happens is I'll start working on a product or a tutorial or a blog post, and it'll kind of 
figure itself out and flounder a little bit and, you know, maybe there's a strong upfront work, you know, maybe on a product or a, a new iPhone app and then I get like the idea and then we get halfway done and then all of a sudden it kind of sits there for a few months, um, mainly because, you know, you get stuck on something. Uh, you get stuck on uh, should it you know some big feature of the product or some big part of the tutorial or even with a job you could do this um, and you say well you know we we could either take this direction or this direction and sometimes I tend to withdraw at that point uh, but usually what happens is I'll look at a product or a project that I wanted to finish a month ago. And look at it and say, no, this is it. We're going to go in this direction. Whether or not it's the right direction, we need to choose the direction. And I'm going to design this and build it all right now. And then we're going to put it out within a week. So that's usually my my workflow for a lot of products and projects is some ideas go around. It floats around in my head. I put it off for another month. And then all of a sudden, something comes up. I see something that makes me remember that I need to go back to this project because now I have new information that's going to make it twice as good. And now we're done. I'm ready. Version one could be out and we just need to push it out. It's not the best workflow to 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 um, practice, especially with other people involved. You know, um, Sometimes with other people, it, when projects flounder and then, you know, now they have a to-do list with something that they're helping me with on. And, and it's, um, it, it's nothing I recommend uh, as, a, as an actual way to get things done, but it does seem to be um, that my process for now. One of the things I'm trying to do is make things more scheduled, um, like this podcast. You know, this happens every week because uh, I it happens every week. You know, and it would wouldn't it be great if I said, okay, a new tutorial came out every Wednesday, uh, and then we're going to have um, updates on every other month for this, and then we're going to have a guest post on Thursdays, and we're, I'm going to have a written article on Fridays. Right? If things were more scheduled, I think everything would run smoother. Um, but that's just not the way my brain works very well. I would um, think about how you work the best and and put yourself in a situation to do that. And that goes pretty far. At a certain point, you have to look at your own work ethic and, and make sure that you're um, – that it's still something you want to be doing. It's something, like I said, I'm trying to change right now, trying to be more scheduled. Uh, but find out what works for now and, and, and go with it. You know, if, if you know that you kind of screw around all night and then at 3 in the morning – you do your awesome best work. Well, you know, maybe you don't have to sit in front of your computer at eight at night and you can like take a break and go to dinner and then, you know, show up at three in the morning and do it. Um, yeah, there you go. Yeah. The topic is definitely winging it today. Jeez. That's crazy. Thank you so much for the question. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, Bella Peppa says, how do you convince a client not to go ahead with a bad idea? You're on a job, on a job you're working on. Uh, good question. I think, um, one of the best ways to convince a client that you may have a better idea well, uh, one, the first thing is to realize that is that at the end it, it is their decision, uh, and that all you can do is suggest other ways to do it, uh, and that you in the in the end of everything you're you're in the you're in a service job, and you need to realize that 
they're paying you for a service and they don't want your your you know talk back at a certain level you know what i mean if you feel strongly about something if you want all this stuff um you know speak up be be honest but don't um don't be a jerk remember that the the but i i find the best way and i, I learned this from um a producer i had at uh, digital kitchen who was awesome colin rocking uh and he he basically said you know you always you always have to do what the client says no matter what if the client wants it orange make it orange but if you think it's going to be better pink we'll make both versions uh make the orange one and say here's what you wanted here's the orange one and then say as i was playing around I, I stumbled uh, across this idea, and I decided to take it further, and um, and this is where it ended up. I just wanted to get your opinion on this. And you know what? If 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 the second option is really better, they're going to look at both and say, "Oh, I really like that." You know what? We should go with that second option. I think that's a great idea. Uh, and you have to realize that because it is a service type of industry and because uh, because they're paying you to do your job in a way you have to almost convince them that it's their idea and in other words you could say here's what you wanted but here's this other thing i don't know you know i don't know what do you think i i like it personally what do you think and and then if they don't like it they tell you i don't like it but if they do like it it's it's such a great excuse for them to discover that they like it and then tell you they like it does that make sense it's kind of like if a friend uh, told you that you're really going to love this band, you're like 90% sure you're not going to like this band because your friend, you know, that's that's no fun. You want to discover bands on your own, right? And that's what it is. That's really what you have to do. You have to say like, hey, I, uh, I found this CD on the ground. Do you want to listen to it? And if they agree that it's good, then everyone's job – is better. You get the design you want, uh, and they get to feel like they had a decision, which is really what they're getting paid to do is to kind of boss you around in a, in a way. So think about that next time you uh, you have your version and his version. Um, if you really feel strongly, uh, PJ, I think, uh, asked this, uh, or Bella Peppa, uh, if you really feel strongly about your idea, go ahead and make it and show it to him. And hopefully he likes it. Um, yeah, subliminal messaging. <clears throat> yeah, put some uh, just like single frames of like birthday cake and stuff in there. That should help. <clears throat> Wonderful. Wonderful idea. All right. Uh, let's go into the chat room, see what we got. All right. All right. Um, Alpha Will says, uh, he's from Mexico City, says, is it right to put your own Nike and Coca-Cola animations in your reel, even if they didn't pay you to do so? Uh, I would say no. Uh, I actually have a blog post about this, and I I called this spec work back before the term spec work had a big kind of uh, maybe a different or maybe I maybe even I titled it wrong. But if you search for spec work and go back pretty far, you're going to see something called don't do spec work. Um, But in that in that time back in the day, what I realized or what what I called spec work was kind of fake work for your demo reel. So 
you know, uh, this was really popular in school that everybody did like an MTV intro graphic, you know, or or, or Gatorade or Nike or um, like you say, you have Nike and Coca-Cola, right? And these are big brands that have really cool um, uh, things to play with because they're they're their whole idea of a commercial is like do something cool and then put the logo at the end. So you you can actually um, get away with this. You know what I mean? But I would totally recommend not, not, not doing that. Make your own logo. Do a friend's commercial. You know what I mean? Uh, make up your own brand and, and, and do it. Make up a title sequence for your reel uh, and, and put your logo at the end of it. Uh, putting Nike's logo at the end of your work doesn't do anything. Uh, all it does is confuse the issue when, when if you show your reel to a client and they say, oh, Nike spot, that's really cool. Uh, who commissioned this or uh, what agency was this? We actually know the Nike people. And you're like, uh, I just threw a Nike logo at the end. Um, I would uh, – I would, I, I, I find that a, a little um, – um, I'm embarrassed. I would feel embarrassed. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think that clients look at that and say, well, what else, what else in here is not, you know, quote, real work? Um, because of course they're looking at your reel to see that, you know, what your job is and that, you know, that you're, you're good at what you do. But if they look at your reel and they see just a bunch of like, um, ABC logos and all these big brand logos, and they ask you about one of them and one of them happens to be fake. Well, they're assuming they're all fake and maybe they're not. You know what I mean? But if uh, you have a bunch of you know personal stuff in there and no logos I, and, and it's all great work, I think there's just less uh, involved in, in, in the uh, – there's less to be confused about. And I, I, would be, I would be wary to put any amount of confusion in there. Um, so I would uh, – please don't put – other people's logos at the end of of your uh, spots, unless you um, actually worked for that that client. Uh, A. E. Wood says, uh, if you're in school, do not do the same project everyone else does. I can guarantee you, every company has seen it 600 times. I would totally agree with that, and that's uh, slightly related. So thank you, uh, Andy, for bringing that up. But that's another good point when it comes to this kind of spec work stuff. Um, Student work uh, is student work, um, and I would I would actually say that the less the the if you could have no student work in your reel, uh, you're better off. Uh, so in other words, go to class, do your job, uh, turn in your assignments, and then on the weekend make your own video, put your own logo together, make your own company, uh, make your own. Uh, uh, Whatever you want, right? And that should be what's in your reel. Because you know what? The schoolwork is where you learn and make a bunch of ugly stuff that you get critiqued on. And, uh, you know, with the student work, it's great because you get to show people and you get all this critique back. And then you're learning and you're watching how other people do the same project. Well, don't don't put that project out. Don't put that project on your reel. Everyone else is going to have the same, t- you know, text animation that rotates around. You know, you know those things, uh, the the kinetic type thing. And everyone else is going to have the same, you know, uh, logo from the school in the reel or something like that or whatever they whatever those projects are. And and maybe it is really cool. Maybe you did a really good job. But delete and put that one in there that you're really proud of. But overall, the the less uh, I would say on average the 
the less amount of schoolwork that's in a student's reel, the better they are. <laughs> and that's usually because they stayed up all weekend making their own stuff. Their projects were not um, uh, their projects were not enough for them. They had to go home and make more. And that's really the people you want to hire. Um, all right. Thank you so much for the question. Let's hop back into the chat room, see what else we got here. This is actually working. Thank you guys for ask, asking such great questions. Um, all right. Let's see here. Any uh, good books? I don't. I didn't really get into a lot of books. Um, I had really good teachers. I, I tend not to work or learn very well from books. I tend to learn from pe- watching people do it uh, and actually like make stuff. So I usually ended up finding um, certain teachers I liked that I kind of followed around and took extra classes from, where they taught me the stuff that the books should have taught me. Um, uh, like you know. The, the design and the typography and the color stuff, like if you were to hand me a book about that, I just never would have learned it. Um, and I think even now it would be the case. But to have a teacher that really knew how to explain this stuff in a way that, that you know, I, I was coming from almost nothing uh, was huge, huge to me. So as far as design goes, I don't have any books to recommend. I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid I don't. Um, yeah, you know, of course, books like Lynchpin, people are saying in the chat room, those are great books. I, I listen the heck out of those types of books. But those are more about, um, you know, the hard stuff, uh, the, the, the real hard stuff, hard, even harder than design. You know, it's the how to, how to get projects uh, done, um, stuff people have been worried about forever. Um, ooh, the Abu Dizu book. I got to check that out. I, I saw that. Um, Abdu, Abdu Zido. I'm going to get that right one of these days. Sorry, buddy, if you're listening. Uh, He came out uh, with a book. Check out his site, and he has has a a new book out on Amazon. You should check it out. Uh, I I haven't read it yet, but uh, I'm about to. Um, (laughs) Is that you in in the chat room, buddy? (laughs) I'm sorry about the name. All right. Let's see what else we got here. What is Z space, Brad? Nice question, buddy. Uh, let's get a few more in here, and we'll 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 call this a show. Thank you guys so much for asking all this stuff. Um, let's see. How do you deal with clients who have some experience with the software and think they know it all? Man, that is hard. Some experiences in quotes, by the way, on that question. I think that's perfect. Uh, Timo is asking that question. How do you deal with clients that have some experience with software and think they know it all? That's really hard. That's one of those situations that I get really frustrated in. Um, and and you know what? You know what? I find myself doing that uh, personally. And I, 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 get, I get really sympathetic for those types of clients because I find myself working with people that are better at something than me. Um, than, than I am. And I really try to stay the heck out of the way. But of course, I have an opinion, right? So, you know, I've been lucky enough to work with really, really talented uh, designers. And, um, and uh, you know, I, I consider myself an okay designer, but I work, I've, I've worked with like incredible designers, like my heroes, right? And, you know, and then I get something back from them. And then what? I have to, you know, put, put my two cents in all of a sudden. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm that asshole. I'm that guy. 
Um, and it's tough. It's tough when you're when you see it from the other person's perspective. It's really hard because you realize it's not. There's no right answer to this. Um, there's no right answer to that situation. Now, if it's software, that that gets even more tricky because. Uh, you know, if they're behind, sitting behind you and they tell you to use this plugin, man, oh man, you know what? You do it. Uh, but it, like I said before, you can't say that. So what do you do? What What is the situation? And really, again, you're in this service industry where you just have to be a customer service agent. That's what your job is. Um, and if they can't touch your keyboard, then, then that's a rule, right? That's fine. So what you can say is, you could say things like, "What is what you know? What is the effect you're going for?" Because a lot of people say it needs more shine, or it needs to be brighter, or it needs to be sexier, or all these words that don't mean much. But if you say exactly like, "What is your problem with this?" and and maybe there's a solution that's not necessarily a plugin, or not necessarily turn you know making the logo big or whatever, but maybe there's an actual issue of like, I'm not reading that as as well as I should, or it's not as big as I want it to be, or it's I don't think it's clear what the viewer should do. Or, you know, those are the questions you really want to bring out of your client to then make a decision uh that that, you know, you can both do that you're both happy about. Um, but when they know the software, they know a little bit about it or they read a, a tutorial, you know, man, that's that's tricky. Um, but again, you know, that's all about just being a customer service uh, kind of an agent at that point and just smiling and saying, you know, yes, I can or no, I can't. I'm really sorry. Or, you know, let's try to find a workaround or, or something. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, hopefully, uh, if you're good at what you do, um, Hopefully the, the, the goal is to, uh, you know, maybe not have them as a client next time or lay down some rules. Uh, I'm not 100% happy with that answer. Uh, that's something that's really, really, really tricky. I got to work around. Um, <clears throat> let's, let's play. Let's play a couple more questions. All right. Uh, just looking at questions here. Sorry, there's kind of some dead air. Oh boy. There is a uh, Chetsy14 is saying there is a senior he's working with. He says it's better to start a title sequence with the last frame and then animate how it gets there. What do you feel about that? Because I'm against it. Um, uh, I think that's a technique. I think that that may work for him. Um, and I think that that's okay. I think that, um, you know, if that technique produces good work, I, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I see the logic in that, especially when it comes to, um, uh, you know, really quick logo animations. One of the easiest things you could do is start with the logo all built, broken into pieces, and then, you know, animate things off on frame zero and have it all build together. Now, that's like frame, you know, that's like logo animation level 1.0, you know what I mean? And maybe there's no... Um, you know, uh, there's no concept behind it. Maybe there's no uh, thought put into it. But, you know, technically it's an animation, a uh, logo animation. And then some clients are okay with that, you know. Uh, but you have to be clear and say, you know, hey, this 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 logo, this, this client is this really elegant, you know, uh, brand. And do we really want their logo to be like split into pieces and brought back together or whatever, you know, whatever that technique is. 
uh, I think the way to approach it is to say, you know, I don't have a better way or a technique to do it. What you really have to say if you want to sell that your idea to him is say that this is going to fe- make the client um, happier in the end. Because what you don't want to get into is an argument with somebody senior of you that you're right and they're wrong or your way to do things is your, – your way to do things is – better than their way to do things. But what you can say is, I think the client will like this better. Or I, I think the, uh, I think the, yeah, I mean, that's it. I think the client's really going to like this. Can we try this? Uh, and then again, do by showing and not by telling. I think that doing the actual work and then showing them how cool your idea is, is way more uh, influential than having this idea because it's so easy to blow you off and say like, like, shut up, young kid. I've been doing this for 20 years. Um, then, uh, you know, you should just shut up and do what I do. But if you show them and say, hey, I've been playing around, kind of similar how you would do with a client, say, hey, I was playing around with this. What do you think? Or put up a little board, um, uh, put make a little board together and, and show them. Uh, and you might be able to convince them by just going ahead and doing it. Let's uh, head back in for one more question here, and uh, and then we'll we'll wrap things up. Thank you guys so much again for asking all these great questions and for bearing with me as we got through uh, losing our guest today. I'm uh, really glad you guys are here. I appreciate it. Let's see here. Uh, Thorpe Thorpe fourteen says, how do you go about music on your showreel? Can you use something great in the charts or find something good royalty-free stuff? Um, the I, So I've used um, not royalty-free music in all my reels, uh, and it's not because it's legal. It's not. Um, technically, you should have, uh, uh, if you're promoting your work and yourself with uh, with uh, a, a popular song that is not copyright free, uh, then technically uh, they could sue you and technically um, they could ask you to, to remove it. Uh, truthfully, the worst that could probably happen is that they will ask you to remove it. And that's kind of how I've based uh, all my reels and reels and stuff on. I will say this, if you have a company if you have a like kind of a popular company, uh, I would think twice about it. I would maybe um, try to get permission or ask a friend or you know uh, maybe a friend's band. You know, so many bands these days are willing to uh, license their stuff out or give it out uh, for the exposure and things like that. Um, but you know, if you're a company and you have some employees and you have all this stuff. Uh, it may be worthwhile for them to ask you to remove it or to sue you or whatever. But I would say that um, if you're a freelancer, if you are a, uh, you know, it's just your site.com and you have a reel and you're putting it together, uh, you know, like I say, legally you're not supposed to. And, uh, but uh, I like it. I like popular music. I get excited about bands. I get excited about my real music. Um, it would make it a lot harder on, on me if I had to choose royalty-free music. And um, so I go for it. I uh, I have a, a, a Spoon song right now for my reel. Uh, and uh, before that, I had another uh, copyright song. And uh, to me, the risk is okay because I think the worst that can happen is, hey, uh, you're not supposed to have that. Can you remove it? And I, you know, remove it. 
uh, uh, let me let me clarify that 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 is not legal. Uh, that is not legal advice at all. But I think overall, uh, it's a small enough industry right now. You're not putting it up uh, on a trailer. You're not putting it up, uh, making money directly from it. But uh, you know, you know what? Ask a lawyer. Uh, do I put a disclaimer or something on it that says these guy do these guys do the song buy it on iTunes? I think that's a nice, friendly way to do it. Uh, but I also think that it still doesn't make it legal. So it does maybe make you a nicer guy, and it may even sell a, a song or two um, for them. But I think that it's really not the band in the, in the end that is going to not allow you to do this. It's it's their label, uh, and so you ra- rarely have to worry about. You know, Prince knocking on your door, but you know, uh, Universal or Warner Brothers, whatever, whatever he's on, they might. So, um, wonderful. Hey, Neil made it just in time for me to <laughs> to end the podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much in the chat room again, uh, Bella Pepper, Neil, uh, PJ, for and all the other people that ask uh, great questions. I really do appreciate it. Thanks to Eric for reminding me in the um, on the Twitter there, and uh, you know I never made it back to the uh, to the to the chat room, so I'm going to do that off air. Uh, as always, uh, you could see me record the podcast live at uh, 2 p.m. on most Wednesdays uh, at grayscalegorilla.com/live. And I want to thank you guys for subscribing to the podcast. Uh, and if you haven't subscribed, please go to iTunes and uh, search for Grayscale Gorilla, and you'll find it. Um, and uh, leave a review too. I would love to know what you guys think of the format of the show, and um, I just uh, love to hear feedback of, of any kind. Uh, thanks again to James, and thanks to James for bearing with me and, and uh, uh, allowing me to, uh, you know, kind of have him on for five minutes. And we're going to get that set up uh, again. Now, uh, uh, let's end this thing. Thank you guys so much for coming out. I'll see you in another podcast really soon. Bye, everybody.